holding a fundraiser, bake sale in the foyer. Even if you're not getting any bake sale items, I would just strongly encourage you to consider blessing them with a, with a special gift. This is a great event that's life-changing uh, for our college-age students. Many have shared testimonies of what a difference it's made. They leave, I believe, a week from tomorrow. It is a great event. Strongly encourage you to give. Tomorrow night, Christmas Eve services at 5 and at 7. It is going to be a, a wonderful evening. I hope you will come out and bring a lot of people with you. Next Sunday, one service at 9.30. Ernie Harvey will be preaching his final sermon as a ministry staff member. I didn't say his final sermon because he'll probably come back and bother us from time to time. But we are excited that he is going to be blessing us next week with one final message. And he did tell me that it's going to be payback for all the shots that I've taken at him from the pulpit the last several months. So I'm not quite sure what that means, but we'll see. And then on January 6th, first Sunday of the new year, we will be honoring the entire Harvey family during the morning services at the end of each service. And then that evening, 6 p.m., come on out. It's going to be a very fun evening. There's going to be a reception to follow. We are going to uh, have a lot of fun as we say goodbye to Ernie in April. On the 6th, morning and evening, we will be taking up a special love offering to say thank you for almost 21 years of ministry. This month at First Christian Church, we've spent a lot of time looking at Christmas and what is the Christmas story. And on, on December 2nd, we looked at the great weight. Two weeks ago on the 9th, we looked at the various reactions to Jesus. Some abhor, some ignore, some adore. Last week, the message was rejoice. This week, go tell it, which just fits so well with the choir special today. By the way, thank you, choir, for continuing to bless us each week this month. And then next week, Ernie will be preaching. So with that, let's cut to the chase. Grab your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 2. back here. Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 8. It says, There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they'd been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The word of the Lord, Luke chapter 2. What do we know about first century shepherds? When, when I think of shepherds, I think of King David. Before he was King David, he was a shepherd. Maybe you think of the good news that, that the shepherd proclaims in John chapter 10 when Jesus refers to himself as the good shepherd. 
But as the Christmas narrative unfolds, you need to understand first century shepherds were not well thought of at all. They were not held in high regard by many of the day. In fact, many first century shepherds, the the commentators tell us, had questionable integrity. Maybe a dicey reputation in many ways. And typically poor people would find themselves embracing the shepherding lifestyle because it was the only job they could find. Why would the Lord, in his incredible, infinite wisdom, leave it up to shepherds, second-class citizens, to put it best, to receive the greatest news of all? That's kind of the question of the morning. Well, what did the angels tell the shepherds? Three messages, really, within this this passage of Scripture. First of all, do not be afraid. And my guess is the shepherds were very afraid. My guess is angels start singing out to you in the middle of the night, and you would be very afraid. In fact, if you spend time with your family perusing the Christmas narrative, spending time in Matthew 1 and 2 and Luke 1 and 2, you're going to find the phrase, do not be afraid, shared over and over again. In fact, if you're in my Sunday school class, I'm going to give you a little hint as we prepare for the annual Christmas quiz in just a few moments. Do not be afraid. Remember that. Do not be afraid. The second message that the angels shared with the shepherds was, we bring you good news. We bring you good news. The Greek word is evangelizo, which means to evangelize, obviously. It's good news. And then most of us miss this. I miss it many times if I'm not paying attention. But the third part of the good news is this. The news is for all the people. See, prior to this time, the good news really wasn't for all of the people. You read through the Old Testament, and the hope, the good news, is only for a few. For the select. For God's chosen people. And right here in the Christmas narrative, in Luke chapter 2, we see a new era springing. We see a new day dawning. This news is for all of the people. Well, if you were a shepherd, you were taking care of your flock at night, and and this unfolded in your life, how would you respond? What would you do? Would you run? Would you be afraid? Would you say, I I must be having a a reaction to the chili that I had earlier this evening? How would you respond? Well, the shepherds responded in three ways. The first thing the shepherds did is they decided to go and see. Verse 15 says, when the angels left them and they'd gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Too many times in, in, in modern day life, we are so caught up in our routines. We're so caught up in doing things exactly the way we want them to unfold. When we come to church sometimes even, and, and the service is a little different than maybe it normally is, we're not sure that's a good thing. We're in our routines. The shepherds on this night were not so locked into their routines that they missed this greatest of moments in the history of the world. They went to see. 
The second thing that unfolds is that they go and they tell. Look at verse 17. It says, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. If you're using your pew Bible or if you're an NIV person, you'll notice the words, they spread the word. You might want to underline that, spread the word. That's really not a great translation. NIV doesn't really do justice to what is unfolding here. The New American Standard Version says they made known the events of the day. The New Living Translation says they told everyone, and maybe my favorite, it's really not a translation, it's a paraphrase, the message by Eugene Peterson simply puts it like this, seeing was believing, exclamation point, they told everyone they met. Seeing was believing they told everyone they met. Most of the time we stop right there when we think of the shepherds. We we think of the shepherds going and, and witnessing the manger scene. We think of the shepherds go and telling. But verse 20 gives us a hint that there was one final item on their to-do list, and it says they went and they worshiped. Go and worship. Look at verse 20. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. Luke doesn't tell us this. This is my interpretation. But I think what we read in verse 20 is that these shepherds are changed forever. Maybe they were deeply religious people. I I doubt it. But having this incredibly miraculous encounter with the angels, going and seeing the Christ child, understanding the difference that this beautiful baby will make, they're changed forever. And so they go and they worship. So what should our response be this Christmas season? How should we respond? Well, taking Luke 2 as our jumping off point, I want to leave you this morning with three challenges this Christmas. Your response to Christmas in 2012. Number one, see the Christ child. I loved our video this morning. I know it was an extended video. I loved it for many reasons. But the reality is in 2012, when many Americans think Christmas, they think Rudolph, they think Frosty, They think Santa. And we need to take our eyes off Rudolph and Frosty and Santa Claus and see the Christ child. Families, let me just encourage you that if you have a manger scene at your house, many of us have a manger scene. Some of us have a variety of manger scenes. One challenge I might have for you before you go to bed tomorrow night on Christmas Eve is gather your family together around your manger scene, and read some of the Christmas narrative. Remind your children, your grandchildren, your family that Christmas is more than gifts. Christmas is more than American cultural items like Rudolph and Santa and Frosty. Christmas is Jesus. Second response, we should go and tell the story Go and tell the story. If you have a cell phone, I'd like you to take it out right now. And I'd like you to turn it on. You don't hear that at church very often, do you? This could be dangerous, by the way. I was uh, preparing this morning. And I can't walk, can I? Um, Sorry. 
And I noticed a variety of texts that I have received recently. I received a text actually during this sermon from my daughter. She's homesick, and it says, call mom when you're done with first service. I have no idea what that means. Maybe the whole house is sick now. I don't know. I have a text here from, uh, from Jim Kuntz, some, some back and forth about our Christmas Eve practice. Because of the blizzard conditions, we're canceling practice tonight. That came in on Thursday. I have a text here from, from a good friend and fellow Illini fan, and he says, who are these clowns with striped shirts on? I think Ernie Harvey, Ed Bacon, and Mike Mallett could do a better job than these clowns. I don't know what he's talking about. We send a lot of information via text, don't we? If you've sent a text in the last, let's say, 24 hours, raise your hand right now if you've sent a text. I have a challenge for you right now. You can send it to one person. You can send it to your entire address book. Send a text about the true meaning of Jesus right now. Maybe it's Jesus saves. Maybe it's Jesus is the reason for the season. Maybe it's simply Merry Christmas. Send a text telling people what the true meaning of Christmas is really all about. Too many times we think of technology as being a bad thing. And think of all the ways that you could communicate that you are a Christ follower and Jesus makes all the difference in your life. Maybe it's a Christmas card. Maybe it's a mass email. Maybe it's a text. Maybe it's a Facebook message. Go tell the story. Response number three. And I'm impressed some of you are actually typing away. Very good. Number three, go and worship the king. Worship the king. I I was in a minister's meeting not long ago, and we were opining as a group of ministry staff, a variety of churches, how it seems like Christmas Eve and Easter, we just have people come out of the woodwork. And and you almost want to say to some of them, as Christmas Eve service ends, see you in Easter. You know, it's just kind of the deal in many ways. Um, And and we've said, what what can we do differently? Maybe our services on Christmas Eve and Easter should be different. What what is it that that isn't connecting with a, a variety of people, a majority of people in many ways? And yet, as I began to reflect on that, preparing for this message, I'm glad Christmas Eve is our largest or second largest service of the year. I'm glad people are coming out on Christmas Eve and in Easter to worship the King. And so my challenge for you when it comes to worshiping the King, go out of your way in the next 36 hours to reach out to people in your life that are lost and invite them to worship the King with you tomorrow night. Tomorrow night's Christmas Eve service is going to be a little different than many of the Christmas Eve services that we do. There's going to be some change. But there's going to be a play presented that's going to tell the entire Christmas story, ending with the hope of Jesus Christ, God with us. I can't think of a better way for someone that's not a Christ follower to hear the Christmas story, to begin to understand what worshiping is all about. Bottom line this morning, it's really pretty simple. Go tell it. I love the song that we sang this morning, Go Tell It on the Mountain. You like that song? 
I, I won't sing this morning, I promise. I love that song for a variety of reasons, but I must confess, I never knew the history behind it. The song dates back to 1865. Anyone know what happened in 1865? The worst period in our country's history came to an end. The Civil War ended. And in celebration of the fact that the war was over and that slavery had been outlawed, a passionate black Christian penned the words, Go tell it on the mountain. Over the hills and everywhere, go tell it on the mountain. Jesus Christ is born. So this morning, I tell you, go tell it on the mountain. Go tell it at the loft. Go tell it at the shell. Go tell it at the shack. Go tell it in your living room. Go tell it at the break room at work. Jesus Christ is born. God with us. And that makes all the difference in the world. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. And thank you for um, an inside look at these most basic first century people. Shepherds. People that weren't well thought of. People that didn't have an an incredible legacy following them around. And yet they were entrusted with an incredible message of hope. And they went to see. And they went to tell. And they went to worship. Help us to do the same. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. It is invitation time this morning. If you have a decision to make for Jesus Christ, we invite you to come forward as we stand and sing. And if you're in need of prayer during this, this moment, Kent Hickerson's in the back. I'm up front. We would love to pray with you. Let's stand and sing. Go tell it on the mountain Over the hills and everywhere Go Jesus Christ is born While shepherds kept their watching O'er silent flocks by night Behold, throughout the heavens There shone a holy light Go tell it on the mountain Jesus Christ is born down in the lowly manger the humble Christ was born and God sent a salvation Christmas morn go tell it on the mountain over and everywhere go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. You may be seated. We are so blessed this morning to have the Signs and Songs Choir performing with us a very special Christmas song. 
and they are under the direction of Barb Pastore. Thank you all very much. Great, great job. Will you stand with me, please? Do not forget, tomorrow night, 5 and 7, and next week, one service at 930, 
Ernie has payback for uh, anything he wants to say. So let's close our service with a word of prayer. Let's pray. God, we love you, and we thank you for blessing us. I thank you for uh, just the great way we ended this service with this special by the Signs and Songs Choir, and uh, help us to never forget what Christmas is truly all about. Thank you for Jesus, the difference he makes in our life. It's in his name we pray. Amen.